You're going to remember this every day for the rest of your life. If you want to get to a goal, if you want to get to your dream, you've got to focus on all the little steps. You have to put in your time. You have to be patient and you have to enjoy the process. Whatever you're doing now, whatever you want to be great at, whatever you want to be special at, I'm sure you, you may be already be good at it, but to be extraordinary, you have to do extra. I firmly believe that we are all here for a very specific reason, to do something truly extraordinary. But what are you going to do to get there? Welcome to the Magna Method Podcast, and I am very fortunate to sit down today with Mr. Matt Pack. He is the owner of Primal Fit in Miami Shores. I've been to Primal Fit several times. It's an incredible facility, and I'm not surprised because Matt Pack is an incredible dude. He's a good person. He's got a, a smart person, very knowledgeable, passionate about what he does, and honestly, you don't come across someone like this every single day, so I'm very honored to have him on. But Matt is also here with his dad Bob and we're going to get into Matt and his and his relationship with his father in the book and everything fitness in, in, in their life today so welcome to the show Matt welcome to the show Bob thanks so much for having me I'm really excited to have you on you know the first time I went in there was for the Onnit Club certification and um, you know I, I, I heard many great things in uh, Grant Whedon's who I you know, think the world of said great things about yourself and your gym and your staff. So I was looking forward to coming in, and uh, it, it didn't fall short at all. It's a great place, and congratulations on something really special that you built up there. Oh, I appreciate that. It was great to meet you for the first time because I, you know, you, I know you're a kind of across the bay in South Beach, and don't make it a don't make it to my area which is only 10 minutes away but I know, when you live man. on the beach it's I know no one wants to come over like where is it it's Miami Shores yeah well now we're like, oh it's we're, too far we're closer now so yeah. I gotta come up there and absolutely I'm gonna, and I I heard there's a, a stretch guy up there who's pretty good well you don't need to be stretched though, let's be honest <laughs> well after I took my MAT class they told me I didn't need to be stretched but <laughs> we're not gonna get into that <laughs> but really welcome to the show Thanks. and thank you so Matt, just give me a little bit of a rundown on how you started in fitness and wellness because if you guys can't see Matt, but Matt is a very fit looking man. How old are you now, Matt? I'm 42. He's 42, but he looks uh, like a Spartan warrior. He's a tall guy, 6'3", 6'4". 6'2". 6'2". 6'2", 220. 6'2", 220. I'm trying to look like you, man. There's no fat in this guy. You should set your goals higher. Um, <laughs> and he's he's very fit. I've seen Matt on uh, social media channels doing an inverted uh, handstand hold, and he does activities where he holds himself you know, completely inverted. He's very athletic. He moves very well. But how did you get started in fitness? Well, I went to school uh, at Marymount University, exercise science, um, where I'm in Washington, D.C. It's an, actually in Arlington, Virginia. I got my first job at uh, Gold's Gym in uh, Van Ness in Washington, D.C. and uh, for a company called Fitness Image Results. Okay. And that's where I, I just found my passion was uh, going to school. I, I was an athlete. I played basketball. Went to, I played JUCO basketball. Played basketball my whole life. Was that very athletic? As my dad will tell you, we played baseball, football, and basketball until I finally was like, just got obsessed with basketball and right. played as long as I could. Went to Marymount to try to play uh, D2 with uh, Chuck Drizel, Lefty Drizel's son. Wow. And uh, it didn't really work out. I kind of was burnt out by the time I got there. So anyway, went there for exercise science as well. So I was like, oh, this is great. I can play ball and study study what I like to do, which is work out. And um, ended up getting a job at Fitness Image Results and built my clientele fairly fast and 
really just got fell in love with the studying and and you know at that time uh you remember paul check of course i mean this was 1998 uh so 99 i guess about 99 2000 i really started getting into paul check and you you are what you eat you are what i remember you eat. yeah i remember yeah i mean he he's i always attribute paul to like being that like the the trunk of the tree that kind of started it all and then it's the branches start to form mm-hmm. from him because i really i didn't really i only knew what kirk trader my mentor taught me which was lateral raises and right, the right. leg extension leg curl lat pull down circuit at gold's gym right that was you know a little bit of olympic lifting i started to play with back then but uh when i'm paul was like it just blew me away you know and paul led me to charles poliquin and right and then it went to mel sif and then it went to juan carlos santana and, and then it turned into some west side stuff and DeFranco and Cressy and Robert. Right. It just, this branch, this branches just started to form. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you study one person, you know, you end up, you know, Eric Serrano, Serrano, you know, end up kind of going to John Berardi and it just, the nutrition branches right. started to form and the, the functional movement, quote unquote, functional movement uh, branches form and then the restoration branches form and you just, you just get this thirst for knowledge and I just jumped in mm-hmm. and it was um, something I still do to this day. Right. And um, so I ended up leaving there, started my own company in 2000, 2001. That's still in D.C.? Still in D.C.? Okay. Yeah. And I um, was all over D.C. I was at City Fitness and... and now, and is that Tyson's Corner? No, Tyson's Corner is in... I know uh, it's Virginia, Northern it's Virginia. It's more Virginia. I lived in Arlington, but okay. I primarily built my clientele in D.C. and Bethesda, Maryland. Okay. So I was kind of taking the train, carrying my Swiss ball right. on the train wow. to places, you know, back in the day. That's what it was. I was the cool guy with the Swiss ball. And, <laughs> and uh, But anyway, I was training lawyers in downtown, um, you know, by the White House. And then I'd go to different gyms in Georgetown, definitions in Georgetown, City Fitness, Fitness Firsts. Back to Bethesda, Maryland, where I, where I built most of my clientele there. So, I've um, I've left and started uh, more than you know more than twice built clientele. Actually, three, probably four times since I came to Miami. So, long story short, my, what my I met my wife at that Gold's Gym. She's from South Florida. Went to UM undergrad. I met her when she was at uh, American Law School, and uh, we relocated to Miami. So. Um, I sold my business. I sold all my clients. That doesn't sound right, but I did. I sold all my clients to another trainer that I why trusted. Am I, why am I? I missed it. Why Miami? Well, my wife's from Miami. Oh, but she, you met her up there. I did. Yeah. Well, how did you guys meet? In the gym. Story. Yeah, we met. Just in the gym. We she met just in Gold's Gym, Venice. Can you believe that she just stumbled into that gym? Yeah. What was the connection? Uh, it was off peak hour, 10 a.m. She comes through on a tour. And you were like, I think I'm not taking a break right now. And I told Rob Cram, <laughs> I told my boy Rob Cram, who, I said, I'm going to get that right there. Uh, that's that's mine. And I, that's the best. And I, and I did it. So That's awesome. So here we are. Awesome. Okay. And you have a little one now. I have an eight-year-old. Oh, I want to yeah. get into that later as well as in how you you know, uh, work with her in fitness. So then you moved to Miami and tell us about the tree that, uh, grew from, grew in Miami. Yeah. So, um, didn't have anything, had $10,000, uh, Nick, this guy named Nick. So who I sold my clients to for $10,000. I told, Hey, can you pay me a thousand dollars a month for 10 months? Cause I don't have any money right. and he could afford that. So he, he, he did it. He honored that, which was really cool. But, uh, so I came to Miami, went straight to downtown athletic club in downtown Miami 
they allow subcontracting training. They don't, not hardly anybody does anymore, but they did. And I built my clientele out of there. Mm -hmm. And then uh, eventually they tried to make me an employee. So I left and started again. Uh, at, I think Empower Project, and mm-hmm. I was already at Condos, Biscayne Corridor, right, right. all over Biscayne and Brickle, and um, eventually just built my clientele back up and ended up in my garage, actually, half a garage, um, and then I ruptured both my Vitell attendants playing basketball. That was in 2008, when Dad, Dad will tell you about that, because that's when we came up with the idea for the Boomer book and Boomer um, info product, but ruptured both my Vitell attendants and needed both. I didn't, you know, I had to work primarily from the wheelchair in the garage. My wife gave me both sides. I only had one at the time. So wow. I was like, listen, I can't drive. So yeah. I need both, I need the, I need the both, both sides of the right. garage. So right. I took that on full time and built my clientele in there until I couldn't fill it and couldn't fit anymore. And then went to the original Primal Fit, which is right there in Miami Shores, a 1400 square foot facility, outgrew that. So that was in 2011. Outgrew that 2013 I started on the new project and that's where I'm at now in the 5,500 square foot training facility And that's a great facility. That's a great facility And I noticed that you do have some traditional stuff toward the back, but the majority of that space is um, Usable I don't like to use the word functional but usable space with turf You're, you're big into the maces movement animal flow kettlebells clubs When did you start to adapt that sort of uh, methodology? well there was one book, and if you haven't read it, I bet you have, but if you haven't, and everybody out there listening, it's a cult classic by a guy named Brooks Kubik. He wrote a book called Dinosaur Training. Dinosaur Training was so innovative and so crazy back then because was, that was back when it was like about, you know, kind of odd object lifting. It was sandbags. It was some Olympic lifting, but it was pushing and pulling cars and sandbag training and, and uh, just just kind of using you know brute strength you know real real, you know using um what you had you know and 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 training hard versus kind of where i where i came from which originally was machine based and and then i went into the the check balance kind of wobble board and swiss ball and corrective exercise era and then i kind of stumbled upon you know when i was studying charles poliquin back in the day and i saw him speak a couple of times brooks cuba kind of took took that and uh, I ran with it along with Jim Smitty from the diesel crew mm-hmm. started doing a lot of just kind of quote unquote chaos training uh, mm-hmm. Jim Smitty wrote a book called chaos training for elite fitness back in the day which was just a awesome book kind of you know super training by Mel Sif was over most people's heads and I hope it was because yeah. it was over mine yeah that's, um, that's an old school if, if everyone I mean I'm gonna re- I'm gonna check all those books out by the way Dinosaur training I've actually heard of I have not read but Mel Sif book super training man that's like the Bible it is of everything yeah. it really is it, he I mean, was ahead he was ahead of the time Vershansky and yeah. you know a lot of that stuff was coming from the Eastern Bloc and Russian methodology and you know Czech you know I mean Poliquin and those guys and you know they kind of kind of led me to that down yeah. that path yeah. um, but uh, then it you know it kind of uh I started utilizing that stuff. You know, I, I always tell, you know, I've, you know, fit, fit pros that will ask me, Hey, how'd you get, how do you get people to like push your truck? And I'm like, I, I tell them to do it. You know, it's <laughs> something that's, they like, they enjoy doing it. They ask me to yeah. do it. It's fun. It's different. It's full body. It's, I think it's less about like, you know, convincing someone to pull a truck in before that you actually have developed a bond, a trust in a relationship with them. So you can tell them to do anything because Absolutely. they believe in you. Right. 
So yeah, the credibility. Yeah, yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, they trust me, and you know, so um, you know, it's about you know, kind of getting back to movement, you know, versus isolation. You know, we all went through that bodybuilding stage, and I still integrate some bodybuilding stuff in. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's, you got to give everybody a little bit of what they want and a lot of what they need at the same time. But <clears throat> primarily, we at Primal Fit now and have we go towards kind of training movement patterns. You know, Primal movement patterns. You know, push, pull, lunge, squat, dead, right. rotate, gate climb crawl you know uh, these are things that our human body's designed to do so we write programs based on those things and then we toss in some fun implements like club bells and or steel clubs excuse me and maces mm. and kettlebells and use some fun tools so you know you know you got to have fun you mm. know i tell people that all the time you, you most people aren't aren't at your gym because they want to be they're there because right. their doctor told them to be so absolutely you got to make it fun and, and, and it's always nice to be weary of or, or, or to be understanding and understand that they're not you. They, a mm-hmm. lot of people aren't former athletes or they're not trainers. They don't like to move. As you said, Matt, they, they just know that it's going to do positive things for them. And let me put my faith in this gentleman to help me take me through the paces. So has your community been receptive to that type of training? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've, I, I knew... Um, if, hey man, if I'm able to build 35 people in my garage, uh, when it's 95 degrees and there's a dead possum in the bushes and there's mosquitoes, you know, I kind of felt, and primarily women, by the way. So I, I knew that I was pretty far to the left right? and in order for me to grow more than that, you know, and I want to help more people, you know, I want to increase my income of course, but I want to help more people. I always say focus on quality and quantity will come. So I was like, you know what? I'm kind of in a position where people will go, hey, I'd love to go train with this dude, but I don't really want to train in this alley. Right, right, right. right, right. So I was like, I had to bring it back to the middle. Um, and that's what I did when I moved into the original Primal Fit. And mm-hmm. then people were like, hey, can we go back to the alley? And I was like, hey, man, <laughs> I just spent all this money on this new space. But so, yeah, um, the unconventional me- methods that I was using to not only because I knew it was extremely beneficial, but it did differentiate me from the typical and from uh, the competition. Um, it was able to kind of establish a niche and uh, that people were like, whoa, what is this guy doing right. in the alley? So it went from there and I took it, you know, I took it to the original Primal Fit and we're still doing a lot of that stuff now. But, it, you know, it's a system. You know, I, I've created a system and I've learned from, <laughs> I stole a lot of information and bought and, and studied and and traveled and and you know and just invested time and money with some of the best in the world and i created a system mm-hmm. that works mm-hmm. so you know you have a team now how many people on your team of trainers we have four trainers and i have a gm and i have a sales a sales okay. girl now so what you know i noticed that matt actually published something on facebook which was terrific by the way and what you look for in trainers and, and I was asked that question in my last podcast. I did a Q&A. I put up a uh, post about ask me anything you want, and I'll answer your questions on my next podcast. Mm. That, was, that, that was asked several times, what I look for in a trainer. And yours, your article or your piece was great. So uh, nice job. What do you look for in a trainer for a new hire? Well, I hire personality. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's as simple as that. Like I, I, I could give a, a heck about uh, if you have an exercise science degree or even a certification. I'm going to teach you the systems. I'm going to teach you 
the programming. I'm going to teach you the philosophy. Mm. And, and if you can have a, a nice smile and you laugh, and you're able to have some fun and you can hug and high five when, and push people when they need to be pushed and hug them when they need to be hugged and high five them and say welcome and say thanks for coming. Have a great day when they leave. I, I can if you don't have those characteristics, it just doesn't matter to me. It's, I can't teach that. And, and I, I feel what you said is great, man. And um, look, man, if you can't do those things, you're going to struggle in anything that involves Absolutely. people. Yep. It, that involves people, really. I mean, unless you're going to work in a cubicle by yourself and you don't want to interact with anyone, you're going to struggle. I mean, you have to be personable. And the most important thing in my book, you have to have communication skills. If you can't communicate with your team, the people that work beside you, the front office, or you can't communicate with the people on the floor, the people that don't train with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, you're going to struggle in anything. Yeah. And I don't think people get that. I really don't, man. Like, I could care less if you have a PhD in anything. If you can't communicate with people, they're going to laugh in your face. And I tell fit pros this. I'm like, listen, I know a lot of really bad trainers that make good money. Right. You know, and I hate that. I, I mean, I'd, I'd like them to have a good be more well-rounded and to have both but the fact of the matter is our industry you know we can talk about this but if you want or mm-hmm. not but i mean i'm passionate about it i know you are too it it, it makes it makes me a little upset that anybody can do it and oh yeah they think they can do it and and they will do it as right. long as they look good and they will get some clients and and they get that because they number one they take care of good care of themselves and they have a good personality right they may not know how to program well and you know, and but they damn sure know how to make you tired, oh, and yeah. they and they have a good personality, and people resonate with that. Right, and you know, I, I always say it's a, probably not the most positive thing, but you know, strangely enough, or people that just jump into the profession don't put a lot of time uh, or educational. They don't learn a lot. They don't have a lot of knowledge. I said it's. I don't really necessarily mind it. People always ask me why. I say because they're going to keep me in business. Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as they're out there, they make us look like superstars yeah. because our whole life is learning, continuing education, and doing the very best to help other people, not just to put on a show and look at my abs. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't necessarily mind those people, but, you know, I, I just, I guess the whole thing is it, it, it can be a bit frustrating when anyone thinks that they can do it. I love the get up and go get it. You can do anything you want mentality. That's terrific. But... There, there is a uh, amount of time that you have to put in before you're qualified. So qualify the source of who you're going to for help. Sure. I did a video on that recently. Like, you know, how do you hire a personal trainer? You know, and, and um, I think is there a re-education that needs to take place with the consumer? Mm-hmm. They need to be more responsible in who they choose. And Absolutely. Sometimes I feel like they're not questioning anything either. So I think there's it goes. It's on both sides. The mm-hmm. the potential coach and fit pro needs to take responsibility for um, his continuing education and preparing himself to deal with the human body. Right, the human body. You only have one. Take responsibility for the for the member and potential client in front of you. And but the the member client needs to recognize that they only have one body and they should do their due diligence to find somebody to treat their body with respect and not injure them and and so it goes both ways it's um it's funny that that it feels like anybody i actually had somebody come into the gym the other day and and they said oh i'm working out and i go i'm just curious you know i don't do this with everybody but what what qualifies you to train yourself you know and she kind of smiled and it's like most everybody 
you know, you can't go in the law without getting, you know, a bar. You got to go, you got to get a degree and then you have to pass the bar, right? You can't go into medical you got to go to medical school. You can't go even to massage therapy school. I mean, you have to go to massage therapy school to become a massage therapist, an accountant, whatever it is. There's something about fitness, you know, whether it be Instagram or YouTube or Muscle and Fitness Magazine, whatever it may be, or their PE coach or their football. Hey, I learned from my football coach. Everybody thinks they can do it alone. And I keep telling people like, listen, you don't, you don't cut your own hair, do you? You know, do you, do you, do you if you have a cavity, do yep. you fill your own tooth? No, you don't. You go, to a, you go to a dentist, you go to a professional. And it's the same thing with your body. Why wouldn't you do that with your own body? You know, what I get a lot is, I use the example, when your car breaks down, do yeah. you jump in the engine? Like, so you can certainly try. Right. I, I get that. Yeah. I'm going to try as well. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be able to put the engine back together. Right. I got to be honest with you. So the response I get is, hey, man, it's not like that. I know how to walk. I know how to move. I know how to lift weights. And I say, that's great. So we're talking now. How's that working out for you? My favorite five words. Yeah. I mean. How's that working out for it, you? It's probably not. And there's a reason for that because there's education is strategic planning behind it right if you don't it's a understand science. that it's a science absolutely and if you don't understand that it's very likely that you're going to incur some sort of obstacle in the form of an injury so or you're going to spin your wheels and, I, and that's what I tell people I'm like listen I got the blueprint to success you know success leaves clues that's right I've done it Tony I got a, I got a wall that's, that's right. filled with success stories just like you do and testimonials and that's one of the things I want prospective member or, you know clients to ask their trainers like hey just curious you know can you give me some referrals you know mm -hmm. hey who have you worked with have you who have you changed these mm -hmm. are questions that every consumer should ask the, the potential coach oh, yeah. who have you changed what's your what's your demographic that you usually work with what's your niche what's your strengths um you know give me some pics you have before and after pictures testimonials do you have testimonials prepared do you have liability insurance are, you know, what's your education? What's the last book you read? I mean, these are things that I ask most trainers and they look at me like I'm crazy. Well, That's the answer I get, a, a blank stare. Do you get a lot of trainers that when, if, if you ask them, what are your goals? What are your intentions? They say, I want to work on my brand. Yeah. My brand. My brand. Yeah. It's not yeah. about the, it's <laughs> not about them. It's about, it's, it's about the coach. It's I not know. about the consumer. It's crazy. But what are some of the other things you look for? I mean, that was pretty that was, that was uh, pretty thorough. What are some of the other things you look for? You said communication skills, personality, energy. What are the few other, few of the other things that come to mind? You've been doing this a long time. You have a great team. What else? Well, I'll tell you this, and and as a employer, which sounds weird because I feel like I'm I'm not really what I'm good at. You know, I'm uncomfortable daily because I didn't study business, and this is not right. my necessarily my strength. But I'm getting better. You know, I'm a strength coach. I'm a, I'm a trainer, you know, and I'm, I'm, that's what I'm good at. I'm good on the floor. But I would say that um, I think it was Pat Rigsby who told me, like, listen, if your coaches are 70% good, leave them alone, right? Yeah. And I'm not so totally satisfied with that, but there's sometimes I got to keep my mouth shut because it's mm -hmm. just not theirs. People, mm -hmm. Employers sometimes need to realize that, you know, these are your employees. It's not theirs. You know, right. they're working for you. They're not going to be as, as, in, as invested as you are. But I mean, I think um, what I see my coaches missing and what I would like more of is, you know, they're the attention to detail. Like mm -hmm. I, I see everything. I see 
form breakdown from across the corner. I, I am yelling across the room. So I think attention to detail, kind of head on a swivel. Will you, will you break in, Matt, if you see something? If you see someone always. doing a squat, a single leg squat or a pistol and onto a bench and they're banging their butt in a training, just like nine, always. 10, 11, what are you going to say? I'm going to call them out. In front, and they know it. My clients know it. They feel safe. You know, clients tell me that, like, like when it's just a different energy when I'm there. Mm-hmm. My coaches do a great job. They do a great job. But you know, you know, I, I I used to tell them like, listen, I don't want you to be me. I want you to find your own coaching exactly. style. You know. But then I've had a couple of, of long-term clients that have been with me for years, and I've told them that story, and they're like, no, 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 no. No, we come here for you. Oh yeah. You need to tell them to be like you. Yeah because that's why we come here, right, right. right? They come here for my philosophy, my right. systems, you know? And I, you know, I tell my coaches this straight up, like, listen, I don't pay you. I don't pay you. They pay you. Think about that. You think about that. Mm-hmm. I just write the check. Mm-hmm. If that money is not in the account, right? you know? So right. understand that, and, and they, and that, that's a, they resonate with that. Knowing that customer service is that important, you know, inner, you know, the entertainment value and having and having fun and you know creating that 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 raving fan and and um, you know so they leave thinking like wow that was great you know we want all we want the experience to be top notch mm-hmm. you know and the, and the programming you know I probably put way too much thought into the programming I don't think it's I think most most of our clients could give a damn about the programs and how well balanced right. they are and but I mean that's important to me too but. It's the experience. Mm-hmm. And if the coaches are given a good experience, then I'm happy. Right. Right. So leading your team, what, what are you working toward now? Because it, you, you, have the, you have a great community that, you know, supports Primal Fit. They love what you do. What, what's the next step for you in fitness or for Primal Fit or even you personally? Well, there's always a new project. As dad will tell you, I'll say, this is the last one. And he'll be like, yeah, sure it is. You know, so we're always trying to grow and, and get better. And, you know, I think, you know, when you when you settle and when you like, get complacent, mm-hmm. it's when bad things happen. And small people who have small business know that. So I'm in a constant state of evolution and trying to get better and change lives, create programming and put things in place that help people move better, feel better and look better and educate. You know, I'm an educator, so... And, um, you know, we have cryo systems in place now and we have, um, we just, you know, put in a, a shake bar and we have recovery boots and infrared mm-hmm. saunas. We have a, a nice recovery system in place to help our clients recover from their workouts. You know, it's not just about making them tired. Right. You know, we want to make sure that they're, they're recovering well and, and, uh, kind of working in, Perfect. you know, versus working out. How much emphasis, Matt, do you place on recovery and preaching recovery to your clients and are you leading them through recovery? I know you have the, the system set up. We have the recovery packages at Primal Fit. But are you telling them to get involved with recovery, like homework, for example? Are you giving those assignments away? Are they following your lead? How do you implement recovery? Sure. Well, I mean, I, I look at, like, corrective exercise, per se. You know, I believe strength is first, right? So, I mean, there's a majority of our clients. Our clients are primarily business owners, um, lawyers, professionals they're stuck in hip flexion seated position mm-hmm. all day that's what they do so it's important that we get them out of that when they come to the gym right so we have a a, a system in place a, we call a prehab routine so when they get there they know the routine and there's could be some soft tissue work with foam rolling and then there's a there's um, hip flexor stretching and then there's 
you know, some internal external rotation of the hips and glute activation, all this stuff prehab wise before we even warm up. So there's a, a big emphasis on, um, being ready for the workout, like preventing injury, preventing rehab. We call it prehab. We're preventing the chances or limiting the, the, limiting the, the, the accidents from happening in the first place. Right. And then it's about getting stronger. I think most of the time injury takes place because people are, are weak and they're immobile. So we want to help them get more mobile and get them stronger. And lo and behold, wow, my back doesn't hurt like it used to when I first got here. Oh, my shoulder doesn't hurt. So the programming, uh, the prehab with the warm-ups and individualizing, we know what they come in with. We, we, do a, we do a pretty good job of finding out what their limitations and their asymmetries are. I, I pretty much know already. You know, I can tell by the warm-up. I can tell by when they walk through the door what's going on. You know as well as I. When you've been doing it as long as we have, it doesn't take necessarily a functional movement screen. I'm not saying I'm not. Uh, I, I don't do an FMS, mm-hmm. not opposed to it either, but I find that um, the majority of people need to open up the anterior and strengthen the posterior, get their hips mobile, get their scap moving properly, you know, get their ankle, yeah. ankles more mobile. And then the only way to find out the severity of it is to actually work with them and right. see what active ranges that, that they can use and access. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I feel like, um, you know, we do a really good job of getting people strong and mobile, and then pain usually you know, dissipates. And um, so uh, at this particular time, we, we do a really good job of individualizing the programming and regressing and modifying every single person there because we, it's a one to four coach to training ratio. That's how we do it. Okay. So everybody has a book. Every, we know what their, their exercise level is. We know what their limitations are, their asymmetries, we know their goal. We know their dog's name. We know their husband's name. Oh, yeah. We know their kids' names. All that stuff, it, it needs to be learned by our coaches. So depending on who, who the coach gets that day, they know, you know, they establish a relationship. They say, hey, how was your workout last week? And it'll say in the book, the last coach wrote in there, hey, you twinged your shoulder on that push-up. How's it feeling, right? So there's mm-hmm. a communication system in place between mm-hmm. the coaches. So we all know we're all on the same page. Right. And then we can address it. So that needs to be that that's very important system that we have in place and it works really well that that we can be on top of people's tweaks right. and Absolutely. twinges because it happens people it happens every it's gonna it happen. could be the best program written sometimes people get injured so yeah. we do a good job of preventing that from happening and then if it does happen we'll address it with our recovery systems like you know we do fascial stretch therapy we have uh, spot cryo we have whole body cryotherapy infrared saunas uh, soft tissue mashing techniques that we use so all these things are services that we provide and to help our clients not only, you know, get stronger and lose body fat, but recover from the workouts. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And, you know, I noticed that it's a lot of responsibility to be a business owner, to lead a team, to have your own business, but you also happen to be a dad. And being a father um, and, and a husband, are you, is your family pretty active is your wife and active last time i was there i saw her getting after a workout and yeah. she was really pushing herself on her own mm-hmm. yeah she doesn't she, need anybody yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh she looked pretty focused really so yeah th- i think that's awesome and you know your wife like how do you implement her in your life training do you guys train together and then tell me about your daughter and how you wh- how you work with your daughter because that's a big question i have one client eight children yeah, and there's Oof. a lot of kids that are in our community. Yeah, and we really want to know like how you start working with these kids and what age. Yeah, I mean I think play is just super important for kids. You know I know some of my some of my clients you know are 
stressing their kids out on you know spe- specializing in one particular sport and I just don't believe in that I think they should play multiple sports and I think they should be on the monkey bars and running and doing cartwheels and tumbling and rolling, you know. So that's that's where my daughter's at and um in wrestling me, you know, she likes to wrestle, you know. So we wrestle and right. we climb trees and ride bikes and things that you and I grew up doing, you know. Absolutely. And and um just play. I think play is so important for kids before they start specializing in one one sport. Um so she's extremely active. She's um plays a lot on her own and with me and then there's a uh, program at the, our gym called tween fit john eric uh a great coach in miami has a great kids program and uh he subcontracts out of primal and he okay. does an awesome time with the kids programs and obstacle cool. courses and crawling and throwing and just really fun i mean it's it, you know you know this because you guys have a great program here too and for, you know adults should be doing this program to be honest with you yeah and, and i think yeah adults should be doing the program just keeping it fun, moving, moving, moving. moving. Thank you. This, just move. Yeah. Get off your butt and just do something. We have uh, one of our trainers, Sean Garner, is is heads out the uh, Little Anatomy program. He does a phenomenal job. You know, another thing that's important with little kids is having the right personality to deal with those kids. He's yeah. nonstop energy. They have a blast. They think the world yeah. of the guy. And you know, I'm, I haven't seen a passionate person like that with kids in a long time. Yeah. You know, and he's, uh, we definitely have a, a great person in that position. Do you think there's a, an age, Matt, that may be too young to start those kids doing those types of activities or it should naturally evolve? I don't think so. I think, you know, I've had, funny thing is I've had, I know you've had this question from parents like, oh, I don't know about this weight training stuff for little Jimmy. He's, he's only 12. I'm like, ma'am, this guy jumps off of, of uh, your house I've seen him he, he's told me he likes to climb on your house and jump off the roof mm-hmm. you know there is no load that we're going to put on him that right. will amount or you know add that up to that yeah. that amount of force of him jumping and playing so I think no I think you know obviously I think learning how to handle your own body weight you know is the best thing first I mean you want to make sure people you know they're their balance and coordination and learning how to use their own body weight before adding external load of course be smart um but um no i think kids could, you should crawl and and climb and jump and and just play and just play you know and um i think more kids need to be doing that because you know obviously with technology and iphones and video games and and school you know and PE, PE uh, being eliminated from a lot of schools these days is pretty sad and kids aren't playing enough and they're turning into uncoordinated adults that end up doing what they did when they were kids and yeah. we're seeing that now people just don't enjoy moving and they get good at doing stuff bad you get good at sitting down it's true and when you get good at sitting down it's hard to change that yeah it, it is you don't see enough kids out there who actually want to throw the football around or throw mm-hmm. a baseball around it's give me that ipad yep let me play with the iphone and that just makes me so sad man yeah like i i i know it's hard like i can't i'm not a parent you're a parent so you can speak intelligently about this but man I, you gotta know that's not priming them for a good life it's just not. They got to move, man. You got to take it away. You got to push them. And, and to go back to your point about specialization in one sport, specializing in one sport, it's my personal experience that that is the absolute worst possible thing that you can do. Yeah. I, I played um, football, ice hockey, and baseball. When I played hockey, I was better. I was in better shape than everyone because I was coming off the tail end of football season. Yeah. And obviously, coming off of football and ice hockey – 
as you know, baseball, I was in good enough condition to play baseball. So Thank God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but the skills, I remember one year, um, you know, I was, a, I was a hard worker and my hard work, um, excuse me, my growth spurt uh, caught up with my, my hard work and then my skills started to develop. Well, my skills developed in hockey because I was doing so many foot drills and different things in football, hand-eye coordination. Mm -hmm. So I got out on the on the ice, and I was a much better hockey player. And my coach asked me, was I practicing? And I was like, where am I practicing? Right. Like, exactly. How could I have practiced? I didn't practice at all, and I was better because, right. you know, you matured, neurological, neurological pathways are connecting, but I was just doing athletic things. So specialization is a big no-no in my opinion, really. Yeah. So. So now I want to talk about your dad, your dad sitting over here. And I noticed that, you know, you talked about the ruptured patella uh, that you've had on both sides. But your dad just had some surgery. Tell us about the surgery your dad just had. So this guy has uh, just had bilateral um, knee replacements, knee replacement surgery. It's been um, close to it's been four months, 16 weeks this Friday, I think 16 weeks, maybe or it might have been last Friday. But anyway. He's been dealing with knee pain and degeneration and arthritis at both knees for quite some time, and he just recently um, got him redone, and he's, you know, he's he's killing it. And I <laughs> seen him walk. I mean, he looks amazing. Yeah, he's been, he looks very fit too. How old, Bob? How old are you? Sixty nine. Sixty nine years young. Sixty nine years old, and you know, and he's he's just passionate about um, life and and living and uh preventing illness and you know and and you know to segue to to him and a book that he wrote and the message that he has you know no one's going to tell it better than him do you mind if i hand him the mic no not at all please thank you for doing this bob i really appreciate it hey thank you so you know i have uh, as i was telling both of y'all earlier i have a lot of uh friends and former athletes that i speak with you know, when they're coming up on, uh, you know, in their in their late 40s or 50s and 60s, and their joints, you know, they're starting to feel things. You know, some of them are certainly trying to kick that can down the road and not and, and put off surgery for as long as possible. But you kind of knew it was time to have surgery because you were a guy who moved his entire life. You were feeling it, right? Mm -hmm. How did you know it was time for you? Well, um, it, it came on about uh, probably six years ago when I started really feeling it. I had jogged and played a lot of basketball and was in the army and I was a carpenter for a number of years so I had kind of worn out both my knees and went to get them x-rayed and they were bone on bone so then we tried some different things some stem cell replacements and um, just tried everything we could to avoid surgery because I just you know, didn't want to go through it and finally this fall I just said look I can't function anymore like I want to mm -hmm. It's funny that the surgeon told us the last visit we had that he said, you're 69 years old, and most of my 69-year-old patients, all they want to do is get off the couch to get to the refrigerator. Wow. And wow. Uh, we both went, wow, that's that's not what I have in mind. I've got right. 20 years to go here, 25 that's maybe, and that's right. I want to get after it and, and enjoy life and not be stuck on the couch and, right. and move, as you said earlier. Absolutely. That's a big piece of our book is just get up and do something mm -hmm. you know don't just sit there and watch tv and soap right. operas all day it's going to kill you no in regards to the recovery you, how are you feeling because you look terrific and i know I, i've watched some of the videos and i spoke to matt briefly when i was at primal fit i know he's putting you through the paces mm -hmm. how are you feeling in regards to strength 
Well, I'm getting stronger every day. Uh, Matthew got me on the stationary bike uh, way early, I thought, probably about a week and a half out from surgery, it sounds which like was a you, killer. You, yeah, you thought it was too early. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I couldn't even make the first rotation, I knew. And he said, you don't have to do that. Just push it forward as best you can. Right. And we went a little bit further and then a little bit further the next day. And finally, I made that rotation, which was a killer. But I think that's what really had pushed me forward, propelled me forward to where I could go out and do a lot of other things. And I've been motivated by Matthew and myself, too. To We've been doing sprint work and working out in the gym. And sprint work? How are you doing it, sprint work? Uh, well, not too fast. I call it sprint work. It's uh, no NCAA records involved, <laughs> but the movement has helped. And it, and it helped psychologically, too, to okay. know that you can do these things. Uh, even we started that probably two and a half months out from surgery. And it, is that, uh, you know, you're standing up or you're on a machine or just no, brisk moving on the ground? This was on the ground, yeah, in okay. the grass. Um, so it helps with coordination and, and, and giving you the feeling that you can you can do this. Right. You know, I think a lot of people, that stories we've heard about knee replacements or any joint replacement is it just hurts and I don't want to do the movements. Mm -hmm. Well, you got to work through that hurt, or if you don't, you're going to be stuck. And, uh, yeah, you got to break through that scar tissue, and the only way to do it is to live with the pain until you can get a little better and a little better in the process. Okay. Now, I have a uh, client who's 69 years old, and he came in one day and he said, My knees are killing me. I think I might need a double knee replacement surgery. And I said, I mean, that's a pretty big, bold move. Are, are you sure you want to do this? And he said, my knees are killing me. So, you know, he did some cold therapy, uh, contrast therapy, cold tub, moved around a little bit. Three days later, he said he felt amazing. Mm. Would you say this is a candidate for a double knee replacement surgery? Because we need some advice from you guys because, you know, I have a lot of people I work with. Now they're getting into their later years that they have a lot of life left. But, you know, you want to make sure they make the right choice. What advice could you give us? Well, uh, pick the right surgeon for one thing. And, of course, we tried everything, as I said earlier, that would that just put it off, basically. Because mm -hmm. unless you want to have a sedentary life that style and you don't mind that, sure, you don't need the surgery or you can get up and get around okay. But for most people that want to be active and have want to do things, as we talked about in the book, a lot of things you can do when you're 69 years old and you don't want to be just sitting there with hurting knees and get up with just when you have to so we found a surgeon we both liked and he recommended doing both knees at the same time who's the surgeon this was dr um elvarado okay and they did it down in Bap at baptist okay. uh, hospital and we had had that question for him but he brought it up and he said, look, you're fit enough to do this. Uh, I'd rather you, most patients that come in here for this surgery are overweight and mm. have all kinds of illnesses or, you know, diabetes and all kinds of things that go along with being overweight. He said, you can handle this very easily. Well, it was easy enough. I mean, it, and the surgery went well. It was, it was you know, quite long, but uh, we got through all that. And, of course, with with my thoughts and Matthew pushing me, you know, it's worked out good. And it is painful. There's no question about it. But it's temporary. How did you feel immediately after surgery, Bob? Was it 
you know, you could really feel it sitting in there because let's there's there's two pretty much mechanical pieces in your knee. Well, actually, we found out too that he replaced the kneecaps as well. Okay. So I've got plastic kneecaps and then a piece of plastic and a piece of metal. Okay. Yeah, it's it's pretty weird, but um, we were walking. I was walking right after that same day. The same day you yeah walked. with a walker. Oh, yeah. yeah. Walker. That's incredible. Yeah, um, it wasn't real pretty. And then they do rehab at the hospital and get you going on that. And then they have at least two weeks of someone helping you with the rehab. And it, it's uh, it's painful. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. And you can't, I can't imagine somebody doing this and saying, well, it wasn't any big deal. It, it, to me, it's a big deal. Right, right. And it, I, yeah, I, absolutely. So I, I think that most people are going to take the path of least resistance, uh, unfortunately. Um, it, it it comes down to persistence and and uh, you know and determination to get back to something like some people you know dad's sprinting and he's upset that his his sprinting is not where he wants it to be and the doctor says you know Bob <laughs> you're sprinting most people just want to get to the from the couch to the yeah. fridge so it's all relative on what somebody wants. I mean, he wants to train again. He wants to run stairs with me at the, at the track. He wants to run sprint. So it really depends on the, the, the will and the heart and what somebody wants to put into it. Cause he does his rehab every single day, right? Every day, hip mobility, every day, working on knee flexion, every day, working on the extension every day. And he's done that since the very beginning. I don't know if everyone's willing to put that in so and, and I, I'm, I'm going to venture to say they don't. Yeah. So, but he's he's got a vision of where he wants to get back to, mm-hmm. and that's I think it's about purpose, right? What what what's your purpose? You know, what do you want to do with this? And right. but he has a purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Is it realistic to? I, I don't know. I'm not educated enough in, in this. I haven't heard it. I actually knew one guy who did it, who was running 400 meter repeats or quarter mile repeats. Uh, on a replaced knee, is it realistic to run a replaced knee? And maybe oh, yeah. I don't. I have no idea. Oh yeah. Uh, the surgeon told us there the last time or second to last time that you do whatever you want. You're you're you're. He had the X-rays there, and he said everything's perfect. You can go for it and do yeah. it. That's it, terrific. You know, sprints. It doesn't. No, no you know. Well, don't d- don't make him too fast because if he's fast and he beats me, I'm not going to feel too good about <laughs> it. So I'm going to give him a weight vest. Yeah, well, uh, give me a little bit more time. I know. Jeez. Well, I want you to get better because he showed me what you made. I know you're a world-class craftsman, (laughs) so I I need you to make something for me, but I know that you're busy working on your sprinting. (laughs) But listen, man, you you guys uh, obviously can't see uh, Matt's dad, Bob, but Bob looks very fit, very healthy, and uh, I have no doubt that he's going to be sprinting the way he wants to very soon, so... Listen, well, that's incredible. Uh, you know, I might add that not everybody's got a personal trainer that's a son, right? And a gym. Well, that one of they the best can, ones too. Yeah, yeah that they can they can work at, and a gym they can work out in. Not everybody has those uh, luxuries to to rehab in, so it's not easy. And if you're having to work uh, and and hold down a job, it's got to be very difficult to to rehab like I have. Right. So I've been blessed. Yeah, absolutely. And in the amount of time that if you if you did not have a son who was an outstanding leader in the field in fitness and wellness and personal training, it'd be tough because you, the amount of time that you would spend together, it's a lot of time mm-hmm. if you do it right. And 
you really have to make sure that you I say jive with that person and, and they get you and they're going to be patient and understanding and, and empathize with your situation but at the same time be tough on you well, and push. He, he certainly got that part down. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's great that Matt's doing that. I know, um, listen, I'm a complete stranger and he made me get on the table so he could stretch me last time I was at Primal Fit so I can only imagine what he's doing with you. So, <laughs> honestly, it's awesome, man. It's awesome. Yeah, thank you. If, um, if I might connect you with my clients, you can give them some advice if you wouldn't mind. Sure. I yeah. think that'd be that'd be that'd be something good. Now tell me about the book. Sure. I want to hear all about it. Well, we talked about the book um, initially around 2008. It was in Tucson actually, and came up with the idea of uh, researching baby boomers and realized there were 77 million of us out here. Wow. And we're all going to be hitting the healthcare system at the same time, which is like now. Right. Uh, and even now, there's a big, huge talk about the health care bill that's out right now. So it's it's very much on everybody's mind at the moment. Also, my mother was in a nursing home for seven years, and I don't want to end up that way. I don't want to put my sons through that. And I, I know she didn't want to be there. It's also costly, and it's emotional. Uh, we were fortunate that we could afford to pay for her nursing home. A lot of people can't. So it puts a burden on the family, the children and grandchildren, and also a burden on the the United States economy by we're going to zap the med- everything that's coming through for Medicare. So we thought, well, maybe there's a way to um, reach baby boomers from a, by being a baby boomer right. uh, and write a book, and it simply is take responsibility for your own health. Don't be. You don't want to be a burden on the healthcare system or your families. Um, and to do that, you have to sit down with your doctor and 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 listen to what you're he's saying. Make him ask questions, answer questions for you. Don't just do things blindly. Be responsible for your own health and the way you eat, and the way you move. Get up off the couch. Simple things we put in the book that will get people moving, and to just take take on that responsibility so that you basically don't want to put your family through it Um, and then when it's time for you to check out then check out now this was your first book Matt right this is his book I I helped him with the exercise and the movement chapter the nutrition and movement chapters but he he wrote the book okay and the, the title of the book well is I got the six figure income book yeah that's that was my first book okay um we're still struggling a little bit with it with it we initially called it boomer fit okay and to and on the on the cover is take responsibility for your own health that's okay. that's the the message of it uh and we've always felt the message was good uh we hope the messenger it's a great was, message was good absolutely i think it's going to do very well i think there are a lot of people out there who really need to be walked through the process and put themselves in a position to be not necessarily so successful, but more healthy and, and to put them exactly. in a position to lead uh, the highest quality of life. That's the most important thing. Well, what we're what we put in the book, there's a chapter on prescription drugs and the and the side effects of them that they don't really tell you about them and what they can. Some of the drugs they were giving you are actually causing what you have. Uh, we have a chapter on volunteerism, uh, which says you can go out here. You've got a lot to offer. Get out here and do it. Absolutely. Be active. Uh, we have a, a chapter on sugar, a chapter on stress. Uh, these are things that we've researched that just get it out there and say, look, t- 
take a look at this book and see see what you where you fit into it and hopefully you understand that it was written by a boomer and I put a lot of personal things in the beginning of it so people would truly understand that I'm a baby boomer um, and hopefully they'll uh, it'd be more of a genuine message mm -hmm. rather than just somebody trying to make some money what we're trying to do and Matthew is very good at helping people right and that's that's what we want to do and uh, and also not to be a burden well where can they get the book well we're finishing the the last edit of it right now okay uh, we're hoping uh, in the next few weeks we're actually going to have it in a raw form to where we can finally look at it finally okay. and then we've got it on word document now where we okay. can move things around and Matthew's getting his two chapters finished up so hopefully very soon that's yeah. great news yeah now tell me about the second book yeah so the six figure fit pro was um thank you yeah the six figure fit pro was essentially my story my journey and um you know wanted to educate other fit pros you know on the obstacles that come with the business the, the long days People look at us in T-shirts and shorts and think it's all great, and they get into it and they realize it's an early morning and a late night, and it's uh, not for everyone, you know. But anyway, so it kind of goes into my systems, what I've created, what I've learned over the years, what I've put in place, what I've seen works, so I can kind of uh, lessen the learning curve that comes along with the fit fitness profession. You know, I always say, you know, why reinvent the wheel? You know, I've done it. And um, here's what I've seen work well and kind of goes into, you know, I've talked to you about this too. You're a busy guy and you, you are very popular and, 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 and people want your time and your attention all day long. And I worry about you being up at 3.30 in the morning and training as hard as you do and then, and then you know. That, makes, a, that makes two of us. And being a psychologist, <laughs> there the 10 other hours, 10, 12 hours of the day that you do and and it wears on you, you know, and I, I saw a post from you this morning or yesterday about the grind and, and you and I both agree that it's not a grind for you and I because it's right. a passion we have and Absolutely. this isn't work for us, but it can still wear on you. So anyway, in the book, I kind of go into how to create, um, you know, a small bit, a small group training business where you can kind of raise the the uh, ceiling on your earning potential as well as help more people and and do it in less hours throughout the day so kind of how i started doing semi-private doubles i went from private doing one-on-ones all day long like most trainers do and and i remember reading a article from alwyn cosgrove probably in 2004 and i started saying and i said hey mary what do you think you and jenny work out together you know i charge 80 jenny charge i charge you 80 um, how about i charge you 260 each Right. You know, there's only so many, there's only one 6 a.m., right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I went from making $80 at 6 a.m. to $120 at 6 a.m., right? So I started doing that, you know, every hour where I was putting doubles together. And I said, well, shoot, maybe I could put triples together and charge right. 50, you know? Right. And then it got to the point where I was putting four people together and at, at uh, 40 a hedge, I was making 160 per hour, right? So I was able to increase the ceiling. Um, there's only so many peak hours in a day, so I was able to help more people at those peak hours before they went to work or after work. Right. So um, ultimately, made more money, um, worked a little less, and helped more people. And so in the book, I go into a, how to create that type of uh, training system. Mm -hmm.
And can you just discuss like how it's changed your life in regards to creating more time for you? And then we're going to circle back to the book and have a few more questions about the book because you've opened up. You have more time to create, more time to be a dad, more time to be a husband, and more time to be a leader and, and work with your team and mentor. You got it. I mean, it's simple as that. I mean, I'm able to to diversify my time. You know, I can. I'm in control of my time. I mean, as a trainer, you know this. You wake up at five or four. I mean, I've been doing five a.m. since. 2000 (laughs) i've been getting up at four or five a.m the majority of my 18 20 year career and that's just when people they want to do it at five before work or six before work so you end up working most of the time from 5 a.m to 10 a.m depending then uh and then your day is done right most of the time so that's what people don't understand yeah we make more per hour but we don't work all day so what we end up doing is we get done at 10 and we say shoot man i gotta find some more clients so what you end up doing is going on this never-ending quest to, to help more people because you need to make more money because just working from 6 to 10 a.m. is not going to get it done. So you end up picking up an 11, then you end up picking up a 2, and you end up, oh, wow, I can't believe this. I got a 4. And then you got a, your regular 6, 7, and 8. So you end up working the majority of the day. You barely eat. You have a hard time training. You're sleeping in your car, and it's a long day. And it, and it can wear you down. And so then, I mean, I've seen so many trainers that are unhealthy themselves. They're, oh, yeah. They're, they're, they just can't. They don't have like, the time. They end up kind of being like their clients that they're trying to help. So um, by kind of putting more people together in small groups, making it more affordable, you help more people. You have more time to sleep, more time to eat, more time to train, more time to spend with your family. And you're not, you're not a slave to the business. And this book's out now. Where can they pick up the book, Matt? Uh, it's on Amazon. On Amazon? Okay. D- just, uh, I referenced the how to create a wow experience. Talk to me about like how you're trying to create an extraordinary experience for each person that you know comes under your watch and you work with in the training session. Well, um, not to give too much away. No, it's okay. Bit. No, I think it you know comes down to the personality of the trainers and, and um, having a good time, creating a program where... It's loose, and they don't feel like they're working out. You know, they're moving, they're laughing, they're joking, they're sweating. They're with a friend, right? I, 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 that's another thing, the camaraderie from being in a small group or semi-private session. There's some light competitiveness. There's that uh, camaraderie, the friendship, the friendships that are being made. They are, are in it. They're, 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 they're in the battle with someone else. You right. know, they're in the, in the trenches with someone else, and that's, that makes it more fun for them. Um, but the wow experience is is the, the the personality you put into the session. It's the high fives. It's the smiles. It's the congratulating and pushing them when they need to be pushed, and the hugs if they need to be hugged. And that's the wow experience. Is putting on a show. You're you're on a stage. I tell trainers all the time. You're on a stage. You need to put. You need to entertain. Now, I don't mean being a dummy. You know. I mean, take that with a grain of salt. But you know, they have an hour of time they're paying you for. You know, they they need. They deserve your attention and they deserve to be treated with respect and you show up on time and you're professional with your shirt tucked in and you got a piece of gum in your mouth and you're 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 a professional you're not on the phone you're giving them all your attention that's the wow experience and guess what it's 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 so funny because most people don't have those just those basic things most trainers are missing out on those things yeah and Matt's not talking about being a sideshow clown to entertain people he's talking about energy like 
you, you yep. there's a reason that you go home at night and you're exhausted because they're they want to get what you have on them you know it's like yeah i always give this analogy if you're a uh you know if you're if someone comes in i, I compare it to a rotted apple in a uh, a box or a barrel of beautiful shiny organic apples that rotten apple wants to get it the goodness on it and they're trying to get what you have the special sauce the energy the enthusiasm the charisma the 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 you know the energy for life they want to get that on them you in going through a session like you know a mopey person or with just no boost in energy like it's 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 tragic to me i just don't mm -hmm. like it it bothers me and that's what they're paying for yeah they're paying for you to make them fit to lose weight to get stronger to get them in the best shape possible so they have an optimal life but they're ba buying energy and i love what you said matt being on stage you're on stage because you're trying to be the very best for that 60 minutes period yep, yep. So just keep that in mind. And it's a responsibility that I think trainers take for granted at times. Like these are people that are putting their health in your hands. And that's once again, take responsibility for that. Educate yourself. Know what you're doing. Know how to program. Know how to recover. Know how to, um, you know, set goals, set realistic goals. Use, use um, you know, mindset, uh, you know, to help them reach their goals. But, you know, these people are, if they could do it on their own, they would. They, most people can't. And I think that, you know, the compassion that, that we have, the empathy that we that we have people, you know, the reward is immense. It's not just monetary. The reward, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm an educator, but at the same time, I'm a, I, I, I really enjoy hearing, like, I, I think I'm addicted to helping people because I'm, I'm, I'm selfish. I get something out of it too. Oh yeah, like it makes I, me feel good. I tell people I'm not doing it for you. I know I wish I could say that. Yeah. I'm doing it just to help people, but I feel great when I help someone. So I want to get more of that each I'm, and every day. I'm a words of affirmation guy. That's my love language. If you if you ever read that book called The Seven Love Languages or the uh, the some, some, I think it's the Four Love Languages or something like that. But anyway, it's like a relationship book, but my I took the test. I am a words of affirmation guy. Like I check on people all the time. The five love languages. Five love languages. Thank great, you. great book. Yeah, but I check on people. I want to know how they're feeling, and they and I I want them to say I feel better than ever. You've changed my life. Like that's what I live for. Hell yeah. Or not. And if I hear that they're not, then, hey, come on in here. Let me help you out. Get on the damn table. I'm going to stretch you, and I'm going to figure out a way to make you feel better. But it's all about caring and showing that compassion. That's what we do. That's what they pay us for. Love it. Six-figure fit. You can get it on Amazon. And uh, I'm going to read through it because Matt, Matt uh, got me a copy here, and I'm really excited to get through it. The last part of this, Matt. I'm going to need your dad because I usually put one person through this, but because we're lucky enough to have you both, I'm going to have you both go okay. through this little ritual here. It's a speed round of questions. In this speed round of questions, I'm going to ask uh, a question, and you give me your answer, and then Bob can give me his answer. Is that okay, Bob? Same question? Same question. Okay. All right. Just to get the uh, our listeners to know a little bit more about uh, uh, Matt Pack. Um, you know, and, and Bob, you can certainly answer a lot of these. Uh, this question is for Matt, but I want to hear what your thoughts are. If you, the, this first question, we'll stay out of the speed round. Just give me one more question, Matt. The question is, if you could give one piece of advice to a person who wants to become a trainer and just really do well in this field, what piece of advice would you pass on to this young aspiring trainer? Uh, I think it would be um, education. 
I mean, I, I, like I said, it's that important to me. I know it is to you that you stay on top of the science and the cutting edge and the evolution of, of, of training and, and to know that it's not about you. It's, it's about them and, um, not about what you're into. If you're a kettlebell guy, that doesn't mean she has to be a kettlebell girl, right? Or you're a power lifter. It doesn't mean they're going to be a power lifter. You need to give them what they need at the right time, at the right dosage to get the result that they're looking for. It's not your goal. It's their goal. Your goal should be their goal. So I think as, as a trainer, it's, it's, it's you know leaving your ego at the door and, and providing a service that you're being paid to do and, and in a safe manner. And the goal is... To keep the goal the goal right that's dan john quote yeah um okay thank you so much now into the speed round of questions very basic questions here fun questions matt what's your favorite food pizza bob salmon salmon oh that's oh, weak that's man. so weak he just threw you under the bus god threw you under the bus <laughs> favorite ritual ritual matt oh man i I, I like to do mobility. I do my durability. <laughs> I, do, I mean, that's really what I, I do. I say the father-daughter dance, man. She took a backseat to mobility. Well, she's only eight. You know, <laughs> I do like riding bikes with my daughter, but like I, I, my, I like quiet time at my workout place. It's at, my, at the field in Miami Shores. There's nobody there. And I like to just have some quiet time because I can't train in the gym anymore. You know how hard it is to train. That's why you train at 3.30, 4 in the morning. I go to the field. It's quiet. It's my time. I'm able to kind of do my meditation and mobility, and, and I'm working in, not working out. I'm working in. Love it. Bob, what's your favorite ritual? Well, I, I've enjoyed, and I think Matthew does too, and he probably could have thought of this answer, but I get so much out of helping other folks, and that's why we have a chapter on volunteerism in, in the Boomer Fit book because, it, as you all said earlier, I do a lot of uh, carpentry work in, uh, for Habitat mostly, and um, I get more out of doing that and traveling all over the country and paying for it, and people go, what the heck are you doing? I go, well, I get more out of it than the people that we're building the house for, and I think that's the feeling that I want to have, and Matthew shows that with his training. I think, I don't Absolutely know you, but does. it sounds like you feel the same way. That's a genuine way to look at what you're doing if you can help somebody i'll I'll help anybody that's willing to help themselves nice that's beautiful thank you Uh, what's one unique habit matt that you have that maybe someone else may be surprised or doesn't know about i mean i wake up 30 seconds to a minute before the alarm i mean it's just amazing (laughs) sometimes i roll over and i'm like you got to be kidding me like one minute before the alarm i rarely ever hear the alarm go off it's so funny you don't wake up you rise that's it bob um, I think uh, just to try to answer the question quickly, um, the, the way that I've tried to do the rehab on these knees, the habit, the work I've put into it, um, and again, I've had a trainer to help me and a gym to help to work out in, but just to uh, continue to move and do the things I've done to, to rehab and get back where I want to be. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Uh favorite pastime i like to ride bikes and go to the park with my daughter you know I'm at, that's like Perfect. when uh she's home from school and i'm um not training like uh, i love to just go ride bikes with her and watch her red hair in the wind <laughs> run around awesome. the park climbing that, stuff it's no, that's it's cool fun. that's real cool 
Bob, favorite pastime? Well, I, I, I've enjoyed certainly working. And, I mean, being around my granddaughter uh, this last year has been wonderful. And I do like to relax, um, maybe because of my age, but I want to be able to feel like when I do relax that I've done something to deserve it or, as Matthew uh, puts it, you know, do you really – need that piece of pizza today or have you worked hard enough for it as long as i've worked for it i feel like i can relax and i do enjoy that okay understood favorite sports team matt uh probably right now golden state warriors i i enjoy watching team play i i really like the patriots i know people like i i'm not like <laughs> like losing sleep over anybody losing, but I I think I enjoy watching uh, good. I I know when there's a good team on the field or the ball is moving well and people right. are being unselfish, and I feel like the Patriots and Golden State are kind of that realm right now. So I enjoy watching uh, good basketball and and even good football like the Patriots. Okay, perfect. We're on the same page there, Bob. Well, I'm a I'm a Virginia Tech guy, so I enjoy watching college football and basketball and. Um, you know, I, I grew up in Blacksburg, Virginia. That's okay. where Virginia Tech is, small oh, town, yeah. big university. So I always follow them. Okay. Salute to Frank Beamer. You went to Richmond, didn't you? Richmond. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Richmond Spiders. Favorite movie of all time? Favorite movie of all time? I'm gonna, Friday is one of my favorites. <laughs> Man, I, wow. I, it's not I would ca- not have it's guessed not, that. It's not Casablanca. I'm sorry. <laughs> Friday's a good one, though. Friday's a great one. Um, hey man, they kept my attention. I got ADD, man. They kept my attention, and it never left the front porch. Okay, that's it's all true. I'm gonna say. That's yeah. true. That's powerful, Bob. Okay, I used to say everything that uh, Mel Brooks had something to do with, but uh, I do like <laughs> nice, um, nice. Forrest Gump because every time I watch it, there's something else there that I missed the last time, and. You know, the 60-ish music is always a big deal, and I, I put that in the book as well. A lot of music, anyway. Yeah, that's a great movie. There's a lot in that movie, man. you got to pay attention. Uh, favorite book? Oh, man. It's not uh, Harry Potter. Uh, I am... Um, this is going to sound sad. <laughs> Super training? <laughs> Uh, Eat, Move, and Be Healthy by Paul Check oh, was a really that. good book. I just felt like it was so well-rounded, and it, I learned. It's one of those things I kind of give give to people um, I, uh, when it comes to exercise and nutrition. But one of my favorite business books that I, I tell everybody about is Secret Service. And Secret Service is about uh, businesses that create um, secret you know, kind of things you can't see. They're in the background right, to right. create awesome customer service. So whether it be a, your hairstylist or your Nordstrom's or your a restaurant, there are systems that are in place that that um, are concierge type that you're like, that wow you and, and you don't know, you don't see it coming. So that's why it's called secret service. So we've implemented a lot of that stuff at Primal Fit. And I invite any, any small business or any business in general to read that book because it'll help you. That book may be ordered before we finish the podcast. Yeah. Favorite TV show? Favorite favorite book, Bob? I'm sorry. Uh, I like uh, self help books and and especially with around diet. Uh, Wheat Bellies is uh, probably the one I've read over and over again, even book. though I have a hard time sticking with it. It's been very helpful for me personally. Perfect. TV show. Favorite TV show. 
Well, I like Modern Family a lot. I don't watch a lot of TV, uh, but Modern Family and Blackish right now make me laugh a lot. So I, I think both those both those back to back on Wednesday nights is what I look forward to. I don't watch much TV other than that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I got into Seinfeld there, and even the reruns over and over again. That's pretty dumb, but. Uh, they're still crazy funny oh, yeah. and um, Andy Griffith show which goes back I like black and white oh yeah oh yeah Seinfeld's a powerful one yeah haven't seen a lot of Andy Griffith but I watch a Seinfeld episode after seeing it a hundred times yeah. yeah and my wife thinks I'm crazy they stand the test of time oh yeah, yeah. It's, tr- it's true it's very true favorite type of music Matt I'm a 90s hip hop 80s 90s hip hop guy you know I'm, I love east coast 80s 90s early 2000s hip-hop nice nice i i I was i had a card in my deck i thought it might be country because you're from richmond i I, i'm from blacksburg okay i'm sorry but i i do like some country i do like some country is a nice little switch up it absolutely is it makes me laugh it's got (laughs) because it's got a story and and it makes and it makes me think so i you know hip-hop's kind of like that too it makes me like you know i've listened to some nas or you know, some old Biggie or um, some, you know, Eminem, like the metaphors and, and that make me think. I like things that stimulate my brain. Yeah. I say that's good music. People say, you know, Mark, that was good music back in the day. I'm, yeah. And I still listen to it. So I think I'm still trapped in that era. Yeah, I am too. I mean, he's he's got Bob Dylan and James Taylor in his car. And I listen to, nice. you know, Brand Nubian and, and Tribe Called Quest and oh, yeah. Nas, you know, that's, oh, yeah. that's the stuff I like. Bob, favorite music? Um, well, I like 60, 60-ish music, uh, mostly. I do like country. Uh, one of my favorites is if I had, a, if I had uh, shot you when I first thought about it, I'd be out of jail by now. Oh. <laughs> but no, that country <laughs> music is, uh, that that one didn't quite make it. Uh, country music is, you know, a lot of life to it, um, about, you know, a little bit of things about life. So I like country, but mostly 60-ish. Okay. Matt, last no, second to last question. Favorite quote? Definition of insanity. Doing the same thing. And expect over, a different result. Over. I mean, that's just it goes with everything. You know, goes. I got it on my wall at the gym, and it's something I, 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 I love. I just love that quote. I'm sure you've used it a couple of times with clients. Um, since we're doing the speed thing, I can't think of it. The one thing I've been talking about, maybe getting a tattoo. Um, I learned a quote in uh latin when i was in school back in the old days uh, pax will biscum which means peace be with you and i may get that on my arm one of these days like before it. long nice very nice all right i think i know just which not the small you i don't want it in the small of your lower back yeah it's gotta be your arm i, I want it broad huge across your upper back <laughs> <laughs> all right the yeah final question um, I think I know which way this is going to go for you, Matt. Not sure for you, Bob. Mentor. A mentor you, you really appreciate. I mean, I, you know, Paul Check is definitely up there. Kirk Trader, who was my first first mentor ever at uh, Fitness Image Results in 1998, 99 in uh, Arlington, Virginia. I haven't spoken to him in years, but I mean, he was a integral part, integral piece to the puzzle with my growth you know kind of so i i gotta i gotta mention big shout out to kirk trader awesome gold's gym venice way to go kirk bob well i have to go with millard fuller uh, uh 
you know, uh, who started Habitat for Humanity, and uh, he's he's passed away several years ago. He and President Carter, when President Carter came in, so either one of those, I think, is for I've always uh, uh, talked so much about both of them, and and having met them and and been around them is just amazing. Um, so I'll go with those guys. Perfect. Matthew's been awfully good too. I was, I was about to say the same thing. I can't believe him. Uh, you know, I, I thought it was like professionally, but this guy right here is my dad. Is always been there for me. So he supported me. Um, you know, I've always looked up to him. I mean, I aspire to be him. You know, he's uh, this guy, good looking. You know, handsome, but also you know, caring. You know, uh, wants to help people, and that's where you know I I got it, and I want to continue to help people and and change change the world. Well, I think you are, and there's no doubt where you got it from. I know. Uh, just talking to Bob briefly today for the last hour, he's a special person. I know that's why pretty good reason why you're special. And Matt, you do an amazing job at Primal Fit. Thanks, Mark. I mean that, and uh, Thanks, thank man. you very Appreciate much it. for opening your doors to to myself and, and the staff at Anatomy. But you're doing something special, and I know you are changing lives, as we like to say here. Guys, thank you very much for being on. Thanks for having us. Be on the lookout for possible title, Boomer Fit. And uh, check out Matt's book, Six Pack. Uh, six, pack. six Figure Fit Pro. Six Figure Fit Pro. But you can get that right now on Amazon, so don't mm -hmm. wait. Just go get it right now. Matt, thank you very much. Thank you thank very you much. Thank you so Mark. much, Mark. Appreciate it. Thank Appreciate you. It.